podcast was originally recorded on May 3rd of 2019. It was posted on... Oh, man. And I'm Alex Potterbaum. And we're here today for maybe the final, one of the last Potts v. Pete's. Almost the, almost the end of the Marvelous Morons. You know, it's so interesting that we kind of had that same conversation with Infinity War. But like, you know, spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't seen this yet. Uh, this one kind of is the, is the swan song. Yeah, it's kind of an it is a very clear and definitive ending for sure. It for sure ends the game. Nice pun. <laughs> I just needed that little acknowledgement that, just that, that my hard work didn't go for nothing. <laughs> I hope you're happy. In general, this is an interesting time to be a geek. Or just to be a normal person as uh, some of these things have kind of transcended, you know, geek culture. You know, the this Avengers storyline is more or less ending. Yep. The After 22 movies and breaking all the initial box office records as of yep. the time of this recording is crushed. It's crushed, crushed records. It's absolutely ending on a high note. Yeah. Um, Game of Thrones is more or less ending. Uh, they're going to get another spinoff series, but like everything everybody loves about Game of Thrones is, is going to be finished. Uh, yep. Star Wars is officially ending their Skywalker saga, as they're calling it. Big Bang Theory is getting finished, but I don't know how Thank many God. people. <laughs> Let's be nice a little bit with the Big Bang Theory. No, no. But Thank even God. Even little niche things like, you know, spoiler alerts for Mortal Kombat 11, which I'm sure you're all. Uh, big fans of that story got finished uh in their in their game so like everything everything's wrapping up now so it's an interesting time to be alive for sure because it's like all these things we like are i don't know if they're exactly gonna be gone forever but they're gonna go into a new chapter i think you know in general i kind of wish this movie came out at a good trans uh transition in my life either at the end of graduation from either high school or college or whatever. Like, it kind of feels like a good send-off, you know, in that yeah. regards. It's definitely a changing of, what, almost 11 years of movies, essentially, of, like, that's been around for such a big portion of our lives, and now it's kind of almost done. Like, it's not really done. There's, spoiler right. alert, there's more movies after this, but... That's definitely going to be different. So um, yeah, the the status quo is officially changed. So uh, I think that's about as you know spoiler free as you can get in terms of the plot. But uh, Potabom, can you, in so vague words, kind of explain how you felt about the movie? I have having watched twenty one other of these movies, uh, some of them one a week for three or four months. <laughs> that. 
an intensity thing that I will never do again in my life. That's not going to happen. But um, having there's seen... some people that are crazy enough to watch like a twenty. Well, no, it's like a thirty-five-hour marathon nowadays. Oh God, kill! Is me. that how long these movies yeah, are? Yeah, it's like something like insane of like more than a day. You're just sitting in the theater watching these movies. God, no. It's just like, yeah, I get, not. <laughs> there, people are nuts if you're doing that. You're a crazy, good, good kind of nuts. Good, but. good for you for being that crazy, but also like, that's still crazy. Like, yikes. You know, we're the biggest nerds around, but we still got lives, man. I don't know. Just think of <laughs> the, one of us think of the BO in that theater, man, though. Like, I was just sitting there, just sitting on these, like, probably, like, someone reclined couches, just all fumigating this place. Like, nah. Like, you know, hopefully there's shower breaks, and hopefully there's time where you can go home and then come back. Like, it's not just, like, straight, but if it is, yikes. Like, no. Yeah. No or, kidding. like, food. So, You're just eating theater food constantly. Like, that can't help the smell either. Like, oh, uh, no. Nope. Nope. So, but going someone, back, what were you going to say? There's someone who's seen these in a not insane, as insane as that, but still an insane scheduling. I appreciated it. It was very nice. It is a solid ending. Um, and I am glad I watched it. Yeah, absolutely. I think for my portion of how I felt, I'm just going to say that if you have not seen any of these movies before... This is not the one to start on. No, this is not. Do not do that. No, it's such a that would be so bad. You would be so confused. So confused. Even if you have seen every single one of these movies, but for some reason you just did not like any of them, this movie's not gonna win you over. Nope. This isn't the one that's gonna convince you that somehow the formula's better because it's just like a condensed version of the formula. Yep, exactly. So, you know. That's what I'm going to say. If you are a huge fan, this is exactly your movie. This is your time. And that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. yeah I think there's... we're both giving it a thumbs up. Yep. I'm uh, great. Thumbs up. I I am saving the ratings for later. Yeah. Uh, if you want the official ratings, maybe I'll either tweet it out or, or blog it out later. And you can have a physical look at all the ratings. Um. But for right now, it's a thumbs up. Yep. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. Uh, if you wanted to go see it, go see it. If you don't want to go see it, there's nothing for you. Don't go see it. <laughs> no, just stay away from the crowds. Gotta have, yep. be safe. Have fun doing something else. So this ends our spoiler-free section. From now on, we're just going to talk about the movie. No hold bars. We are getting into it. Yeah, we're uh, in. And... And if you want to avoid those spoilers, avoid this section. Have a good time. If you've already seen the movie, you know, here we are. We're doing our thing. Look at me. If you don't care about spoilers and you just want to listen to us talk, uh, welcome. We got stories to share. I certainly do. I don't know about you, Bada Bomb. I don't really have any stories. It was just like... I I at least have two. (laughs) I don't have any. Like, mine was like... Mine was like pretty... My screening was, A, not full... Which was baffling. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't filling up. I just went to the 3D. Apparently, nobody else went to 3D. So I was like, all right, like, I gotta Well, that's su- a good, that's good, actually. Yeah. The 3D thing is dying. It's, yeah, it's good. A little I mean, bit. I, 
I don't mind 3D, so it was fine with me. Um, and then I got a solid seat. Uh, my crowd was super respectful for both viewings that I had. You know, it wasn't... Nice, nice. They weren't yelling obnoxiously. I didn't miss any lines. I didn't... Like, people were cheering and happy, but it wasn't, like, an over-the-top, like... They you did know, it at the right spots. Yeah. Like, it was at the right spots for the right amount of time. You know, people were sad and crying, but it wasn't like, you know, they're screaming and sobbing. Like, one, I think one or two people did. And I was like, but it wasn't like a whole theater full of it. Like, Infinity War was very different, whereas it was a packed theater and people were yelling. And, like, I had to go see it a second time just to get half the lines again. Never had that problem, so... It was nice, actually. There's no stories to tell, but... I had a decent crowd all three times. The first time, however... uh, Again, we're in the spoiler territory. Uh, People started clapping as soon as uh, Thanos' head got cut off at the very beginning. What? And... That that wasn't a clapping moment. Exactly, right? And, like, you know, the line that made everybody go nuts was, like, Thor going, I aimed for the head. Which is, one, really... You know, not a great, like, pun. But two, really wasn't supposed to be. Like, this is supposed to be kind of a really pathetic, hollow victory. That yeah, like... Was. Like, he, they didn't solve anything. They he just, just said, like, aim for the head because he's trying to make up the massive mistake he made by being arrogant right. and not just killing Thanos outright. Because he could have stopped all of this from happening. And right. he just, like, got arrogant and cocky with it. Like, yeah, no, so... him. Yeah, that was this, not a clapping moment. Yeah, it was supposed to be moment. really pathetic. It was yeah. supposed to... But yeah, the people on my first viewing like clapped and laughed at that, and I was like, yeah, "That didn't that, work." You're not you're not getting the correct tone out of this, which is uh, this is a soul crushing defeat of realizing that all these people are going to die and have died, and you failed utterly failed. Like there's no there was no avenging anybody for what five years of like you <laughs> you done messed up there. Yeah, yep, and that's you know we'll get into those aspects. Um, but I guess, you know, since we're already there talking about failure and stuff like that, that is kind of the main theme of the movie and we might as well just kind of give the synopsis right now. Yep. I don't see why not. So, um, it takes place, you know, almost directly after the last movie, at least, you know, at the very least, like a few days to a few hours after the last movie. I think it was at the most, maybe a a month. month. I think it was a month because he said 20 something days ago, Thanos... Because they had oh the, yeah, um, yeah, and they had the census too, so that yeah. they needed time to do that. So it was about a month or twenty one days at the very least. Um, and I think they said two days ago uh, this huge uh, event happened at this planet, which is where how they knew where to find Thanos the second time. So the Avengers, you know what's left of them, go out to the planet, and Thanos is there with his retirement plan he's there tending his farm and living the life that he promised that to live after he achieved his goals and once the avengers get there they kind of get they surprise attack him and interrogate him and be like you know where's the stones like how we can we change this and you know eventually thanos is like they're gone i destroyed them and they believe him uh, as they should. I don't think there was any. Yeah, he's no not lying. Not he, to. They're gone. Yeah, they're gone. They're destroyed. Uh, makes sense. And Thor kills them right away, as we talked about earlier. And uh, we go cut to five years later, and the Avengers are living with their failure, 
the world is living with the failure and more or less moving on with their lives. Barely, though. Like, man, the world, like, like, five years later is, like, this still apocalyptic hellhole. Like, Yeah, think about it five years after 9-11. Like, it's still, you know, the damage is still very there. Like, but, like, like, their baseball fields, like, nobody's in the baseball fields. Like, it's... Yeah. I mean, it's a logical apocalypse, but I don't think they've, like, like showed how like i mean they kind of showed it but i don't think anybody really does like how just destroyed everybody's life was by this like utterly ruined as right. of course obviously you lost half the population of earth yeah exactly so like they're dealing with this devastation um i guess attempting to get over it but not exactly uh succeeding yeah nobody's really succeeding you can tell nobody's no, really nobody, succeeding nobody's really doing well no uh the whales are though. <clears throat> yeah. That later. Anywho, you know the Avengers are basically doing the scrap loads. You know, uh, Black Widow's in charge of this little renegade group that you know have their own different sections to k- take care of, and um, you know the world is uh, at relative peace. There's really nothing going on, and they're just still very bitter about the loss. Captain America comes over to Black Widow. And they have a little talk, and they find out, uh, find out there that there's a little call uh, with the video chat of uh, Ant-Man. And Ant-Man had time-traveled. Uh, what felt what was five years felt like five hours to him. So he's able to say, hey, I think there's a possibility of time travel with the quantum realm here and with the Ant-Man technology that we have. So they bring it up to Tony, who has a daughter now. He is, you know, he's on his way to moving on, too. And he's completely moved on, like, pretty much, for the most yeah. part. He's almost, he's been, like, the only Avenger that moved on. Yeah, he's he's definitely at the best status out of all the other characters. And he says it's impossible to do the time travel. Uh, you know, what a silly idea. You got it from Back to the Future. Uh, uh, I'm not sure what else he says that's noteworthy. And they leave him alone. And then uh, I guess he decides not to let it go and figures out all the problems that they would potentially face. And he decides that this is a good chance to, as any, to go back and right all the wrongs, you know, because he's feeling, even though he's moved on the best, he's definitely probably feeling the failure the worst. So basically the movie becomes, as Ant-Man calls it, a time heist. And they're going to go back to all the different moments uh, from the previous movies, mind you, of where the Infinity Stones were. They collect them, and they're going to change everything for the better, hopefully. Of course, uh, you know, things fail for them a little bit, but then they were able to recover, and they get the stones. They come back to the present time. Uh, In that meantime, Nebula, who was one of the Avengers, you know, one of the uh, last standing Avengers, uh, she gets intercepted by her past self, who replaces her place there with the with the rest of the Avengers. And so they uh, collect the stones. They uh, Hulk uh, has to do the snap because it's mostly made out of gamma. They snap everybody back to life. But uh oh, Nebula. Uh, had a little plan of bringing the whole Thanos army uh, from the past into the present. And, uh-oh, we're at a final battle. So, basically, you know, what I just explained was two hours of the movie. For the last hour, the half of it is this final fight scene. So, this huge, gigantic battle is about a half hour. 
And then the final half hour, after, you know, this huge battle, Iron Man grabs the gauntlet, and in the last minute, last possible second, Thanos had this line that was just like, I am inevitable, and it starts to snap, but uh uh-oh, all the stones are gone, and it's all in Iron Man's armor, and it's, you know, with his hands, and he goes, and I am Iron Man, snaps, and gets rid of all Thanos and his whole army. Unfortunately, that kills Iron Man. So Tony Stark, rest in peace, has a very lofty and beautiful send-off of his daughter and every character you've ever associated him with. This is basically a big fish for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And uh, John Favreau was there as Happy back to to comfort Tony Stark's little girl and he goes what do you want I'll get you whatever you want and and she goes I want a cheeseburger and Happy's just like your dad liked cheeseburgers I'll get you all the cheeseburgers you want that was the moment that probably got me the most if I were to be honest and then uh, they make up these rules while they're time traveling that if you get rid of the Infinity Stones or if you take items or take people with you, you have to put them back or else it creates these alternate timelines. So Captain America volunteers to go bring all the stuff back. And, you know, it's going to take him as long as it takes to, to pull all the stones back. But for them, it's going to be five seconds. So Captain America goes off. He's gone. They count down five, four, three, two, one, 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 one. And they're like, he's not back. What's going on? He's not back. And then Bucky looks off to the side and he goes, hey, Sam. And, you know, Sam, the Falcon, uh, looks over to where the Winter Soldier Bucky is looking at, pointing at. And it happens to be an old man at a bench. And they know that it's Captain. So they go walk over and it's it's Chris Evans as an old man, Captain America. And he's just like, you know, it's time for me to go. It's, you know, I've I've lived the life that Tony said that I should have. And uh, I'm here to give you the shield, Sam. You're going to be the next Captain America. And everybody in the audience just cries. And, you know, all the tears steering down all the steps. So people are slipping all over the place when they leave uh, their theaters. And uh, we uh, flash back to what, what uh, Captain America was doing for his whole life and were led to believe that he was just dancing with Peggy for 80 plus years. And that's Endgame. You know, I think I want to make clear about your synopsis though, Kirk. Captain yeah, America please. didn't die. You make it sound like he was about ready to die. He's not ready to die. He just is old. <laughs> yeah, he's old. He's an okay. old man. I don't think I said he was going to die. I, think I he, just he, said that he was there to, to give his shield off and pass the torch on to to Sam to okay. the next Captain I just America. Feel like you almost had a little bit light of like he's ready to like he's he's at his end or something like that. I was like he's not dying. He's just old. Like it's a yeah. different. I think at the end of the day, he's done being Captain America. I mean, oh, he was so done being Captain well. America. Like the second he put the last stones <laughs> back, he was done. Like he was like you know like middle class white man steve named steve for the rest of his days after that he was done if anything he probably just like at most probably told like peggy it's like hey so you know those sketch dudes and shield those are hydra and then that was it that's that's literally <laughs> all she he quits had to her do. job immediately 
No, and... she like finds them and then like makes shield like a not like like pseudo Nazi organization, and then that's all. That's literally all he would have had to do to like make the world that much better. Is like mildly do that one thing of like, oh yeah, by the way, uh, that's what happened. So you're you're right, uh, and we'll get into this when we get into the bads. But I feel like uh, that just can't happen or. At we'll least get to that shouldn't. whole can of worms later. That, that's, yeah. it's a, that's a big can of worms. And yeah. let me tell you, the reason why we're putting the synopsis in the spoiler section is because nobody, and I mean nobody, thought this was going to be a time travel movie. And oh, no, there were, there were some theories out there, but it was Yeah, like, I was about to say that. I was about to say, there's a lot of theories that, like, oh, the quantum realm's going to be a time travel thing. And I dismissed all of them because I thought that was stupid. It's just like, <laughs> no... They, like, these are the Winter Soldier guys, and if they're nothing else, they're, you know, the Rousseau brothers are so good at playing the plot where the cards lie, you know? They're not going to be cheating. They're going to be in the situation that they put themselves in and find a really good way to get them out. And, uh, you know, not that they didn't do that. I had a great time watching the time travel stuff. I just thought, you know, that was not ever going to happen in a million years. And they did it, so... Yeah, for... There was a lot of fan theories, yes, you're right, but I think the vast majority of people were completely blindsided by that first five minutes and completely blindsided by the idea that this was a time travel movie. Yeah, I was not expected to be a time travel movie, and then it was. I was like, interesting, we'll see. Let's get into it, then. This is the goods. My first good is... I'm going to try not to do ones that I always cliche, ones that I always do, because I feel like I do a lot of the same ones. Um, all the actors are phenomenal in this. Like, I know most of them have been doing this in their sleep. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. has been doing this for like 11 plus years. A lot of these actors have been in so many movies. Like, they're these characters are almost part of them, I can imagine. It's a huge chunk of their life. Like, it got them to stardom and to other stuff, like... Between doing that and all the press for, like, all this, like, that's a big part of their life is being these characters. And it would have been really easy to sleepwalk through some of the scenes, but none of them did. Everybody put 100% into it and has been doing that for a while, but every single one of these actors are, like, the hardcore best ones that we've got. I mean, you know, Robert Downey Jr.'s One Last Ride is just amazing. I mean... Even with, like, Pepper Potts, like, as he's, Tony Stark is dying, you know, she puts on this, like, brave face, and the second he dies, you just watch her collapse and just into, like, utter horror and, of like, sadness as her husband dies. So, it's just, and it's not even, like, dark things like that, you know, positive moments are, like, you know, get that much too you know like all these like moments that we get to see all these characters and actors are so good at what they do it is amazing that we've had 22 movies and we haven't had any of like the big people bomb at all we haven't had a bad hulk we haven't had a like i mean not counting edward norton but he was fine but he hasn't been hulk in you know what yeah, 10, 11 years 10 11 years like he's not yeah. the hulk mark ruffalo is pretty much a hundred percent who I think of like all these people have become so iconic that that's now who I think of when I think of these characters. I can't even imagine imagining like Captain America not being Chris Evans or like even Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye. Like, yeah, he's not invented in it much, but like he does such a good job of this. And like, 
he's Hawkeye. That's it. Yeah. Like, it's, and it's so nice to see all these people. And there was no ridiculous recasting. Like, some people got recasted. Um, Don Cheadle got recasted, which, rewatching like, the movies, honestly, he's a much better, like, roadie. Like, I'm glad he was around for as long as he's been. He's been fantastic. I'm trying to think who else got recast besides Hulk and Rhodey, and I think that was it. Like, that's it. Um, that's... Yeah, I think you're right. Pretty much, like, out of all the main cast, the only people you have that got replaced were people from the first movies and then into the second, and that's it. Like, we yep. didn't have to go through another Captain America. We didn't have to... And these movies have been around for so long and it's such a final ending that we don't have to see that again unless it gets rebooted. It's not going to be a James Bond moment with Iron Man. Iron Man's done. So, yeah, that's as long as these MCU movies stick around and as long as they say that they're going to continue the universe and not go back on the stuff they did, then these characters are gone and this is it. And that's really cool. Yeah, that's amazing, which brings me to my second point, which is the finality of it. Um, a lot of these Marvel movies are kind of feel like they're never finished, like there's no end. And this is kind of pretty much all the ending of almost all those movies. Like, yeah. all those other movies that didn't have an ending, this is your ending for it. And this is, and it's, not only did it like an end to so many characters, you know, Black Widow dies, unfortunately. Um, Tony Stark dies. Captain America is pretty much done. Like, he became an older man and wasn't Captain America for, like, however many, like, decades. Um, Hulk, Hulk, one of his arms is pretty much, like, ruined. I think, like, permanently scarred. I can't imagine he's particularly going to be the Hulk anymore. Like, he already wasn't the Hulk by the beginning of this movie. He's not going to be the Hulk again. I mean, Hawkeye might do stuff, but, like, some of these other characters might do other things, like, oh, you know, there's Spider-Man and Black Panther and Doctor Strange movies, but a lot of the core Avengers are done, and that's it. Like, they're not going to do anything else. So you get that ending, and this didn't really set up for, like, another movie. Like, this was, there was no post credit scenes at all. There was no tease for another movie. It was pretty much a done. That's it. I mean, the only things were that they went back to their lives and, uh... But Falcon got Cap's shield, but that, which we know is set up for a Disney streaming show. But really, if you didn't know that, that's just like an end. It's perfectly like, satisfying. Yep, it's end. perfectly yeah. satisfying. You don't to technically need to see his adventures. You just know that he keeps being Captain America without Steve Rogers. The title leaves from the man and becomes uh, like more symbolic. That's it. Like That's not a setup for a movie. That's just giving that ideology of particular like end as well so it is beautiful to have an ending and honestly like we said earlier that this move like this could be the last podcast if we stopped this now and if you stopped every mcu movie after this they're almost all of them after that are almost kind of optional you could theoretically just cut the line of the sand say this is when it was done 22 movies in 11 years later this is the end and it would not you wouldn't have any loose ends man tv shows have like less definitive finales than this at times like it's nuts so i appreciated that yeah uh, you have a third point uh what was my third one? Oh, yes i know it was uh so this is the culmination of 22 movies of all this marvel stuff and i think 
this one did the best with fan service, especially compared to Captain Marvel, which last came out, which was how I can't stand fan service. <laughs> um, this one made sense with the plot. All these characters came together. They meant se- made sense why we're there and said the things they said. None of it really seemed like forced or anything like that. Um, it was a nice way to have all these like little side moments of like you know remembering and like it helped with the time travel too of like add that and extra nostalgia stuff like that and fan service of like oh you remember this character you remember this one and it wasn't forced combination because the plot helped make it not forced but also just the way they did it is they didn't go back to see every single moment of like remember this cool nostalgic moment like with every single movie or or even with the popular ones because they went back to Thor 2, like, the movie that nobody saw or cared about. Like, if they were trying to go for, like, big money points of, like, you know, hit every single mark, they would have never got back to Thor the Dark World at all. Like, so, it was a nice little bit of, like, fan service that was well done and not ham-fisted or stupid. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that to an extent. Um, any more? Anything more? Nope, that was, I mean, that was just the three, so, I mean, okay. we could be here longer than that, but I think those are the three biggest <laughs> ones I have, for sure. Alex Potterbaum reviewing Endgame. All right, so, in this minute of the movie, I like all 18 of these things. It'll be like the commentary, apparently, for Schwarzenegger <laughs> movies, where he goes by and then he, like, comments on what he liked in the movie and didn't like as the movie's happening, or, like, the things he did that he liked or didn't like, like... I just want to do that. It was like, I like that moment. And like not explain anything else about be like, yeah, that was cool. That's not a bad idea. Maybe we should do a commentary track on something one of these days. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Let us know in the comments, true believers, if you want to hear us do a commentary track. All right. I'm on to my goods. So I, uh, listening back to the Winter Soldier review that we did, and you talked about how the Rousseaus really wanted to make a movie that was um, a cinema sins and honest trailer proof where they make this really tight and uh, engaging story, if you recall correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like the fact that that was not exactly their main concern this go around. That's not a backhanded compliment. Uh, I love the fact that this movie plays on a completely emotional satisfying level they're really going out for emotions in this movie yeah Um, what makes you feel good what makes you feel sad type stuff um that may be ingenuous in some parts but i think for the most part uh they play the scenes as well as they possibly could to play what is the most emotionally satisfying uh way to do that you know the captain america thing i can't imagine being more perfect than that i think yeah that was such a perfect ending for sure you can't you can't do anything better for that character and yeah it's a lot of emotional wants you know versus you know the stuff that you may need out of a movie this is more of like show me everything that i want to see in these movies and that's a that's a really cool uh thing and i think with that this movie kind of showed me stuff that it showed me stuff that i didn't know i wanted to see so For instance, Age of Ultron, again, this was another fan theory that Captain America could indeed pick up the hammer, but he was being humble 
and not pick up in front of Thor. And anytime I heard that theory, I was just like, whatever, shut up. Like, you know, I just, I don't know why. I was just always kind of irked by that fan theory. And finally to see that paid off in this movie of, of Captain America picking up that hammer and doing Captain America things, I had no idea that satisfied it a want in my life that I actually wanted to see that happen and how amazingly cool and giddy he was uh, for for picking up the hammer. One of my favorite moments was Thor, you know, comparing the the Stormbreaker with Mjolnir and goes to Captain America's like, here, you take the little one. And pa- Captain America going, yes, you know, very quietly to himself when uh, when they did that. That was just like this really emotionally satisfying aspect that I had no idea I ever wanted. Yeah, and I love that Thor was when, like, Cap, like, picks it out. Thor's first reaction is not anger. Like, oh, my gosh. He just yells, I knew it. Like, yeah, exactly. He totally he, called it. Good, he saw, it was a good sport about it. And he was like, yeah, yeah, good sport about it. He was like, yeah, happy that, like, yeah, his friend is totally worthy enough to do it. Like, and he kind of knew it this whole time. But, like, never said anything. But now it's, like, that complete validation of, like, oh, yeah, he's that awesome. Like, yeah. I totally missed the little yes part after he gets after Cap gets built. Oh, you didn't like, hear that? I didn't. That's adorable though. Yeah, like, it's very the... adorable. It's so funny and so he's just so, so giddy to have. It. He's just like yes, you know, off that's to himself. So cute that he's like, yeah, I get this back. Like I love this. Like I just, I just, I'm just like, I'm so happy that he got it now. But now, like, I could have been like besties for like a movie with him just having this and like truly appreciate how much he loves having this thing. Like. He loves that probably almost as much, if not more, than his shield. Multiple times during this movie, I was just like, wow, Potemon must really love this movie. It was very Captain America uh, oh, fan yeah. And just that oh, Hell so Hydra yeah. scene. That Hell yeah. Hydra scene was so brilliant. Like, it was oh, really yeah. cool that he, like, has this knowledge of what the future holds, and he uses that to his advantage to avoid a fight. And, like, it's, like, you know, the same exact scene as Winter Soldier, and you're like, oh, I know how this goes down. And he completely lays it down by, like, using his knowledge to smartly get away out of that situation. And that was super smart. And the coolest thing about that is that, like, that was a huge controversy in the comics not too long ago. But they find a way where it makes sense in this movie for him to say that, and like satisfies almost everybody like that's almost a magic act within itself you know yeah and the, 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 like the little smirk he gives as he's walking out like Haha, i just got this oh, then, like, and then you absolutely had to love watching captain america fight captain america <laughs> oh, that, that had to be that absolutely fight scene was cool but the end where he just like spends a good follow five or ten seconds staring at his own ass before he's like that's a that's america's ass like what was it damn right that's america's ass or yeah like, damn right, like, that's Amer- like yeah that is america's ass like you know it's fun too because like you like see this character grow up and like even 2012 cap would have never said that exactly but, like this cap is now like you know calm down it's a little less like a different person is like or like when cap like old like 2012 caps like i could do this all day and hold older cap is like yeah yeah whatever like oh like did i he's like you can just tell he's like god i was that obnoxious guy wasn't i like you can just tell which is such a sympathetic moment of like even cap was like dude i was just obnoxious in the day like yeah, I mean that was it was it's really cool to see that kind of stuff. So that's my first point. It plays on very emotionally satisfying highs, and I think that goes along right with the with the fan servicey, you know. 
right. Um, and, okay, I guess this kind of goes right along with it, too. Uh, my second point was time travel, although a very hard sell, was a lot of fun. So, yes, I was, I was pretty shocked when they were talking time travel in the movie. And it's like, oh, my God, they're actually going to do that. And, like, you know, the wave of disappointment that soared through me when they said those words and the fact that they keep on kept on acknowledging it and trying to find ways to figure it out is just like, oh, no. But, like, going back to the Avengers, uh, <laughs> going back to Dark World, and going back to Guardians of the Galaxy especially, uh, it was just a lot of fun to watch all of that stuff play out in those uh, in those ways. But in this movie, it was really cool to watch these things from different points of views. And like knowing that the universe was actually way more expansive back in the day than they were like seeing the ancient one doing ancient one stuff during the invasion of the Avengers was yeah. really cool. That was really cool to see that. I wish actually wish we got a little bit of more of that. Um, I don't know what other movies they had premiered, uh, by that time that came out after the Avengers. I can't think of anything except for Ant-Man and Hank Pym definitely wouldn't be helping with that stuff. No, they didn't know anything about that sort of thing. So I think that's why it was fun to have this little moment of like, oh yeah, there was these people are not in an isolated time bubble. Yeah, exactly. And for the future, when they finally introduced the X-Men and Fantastic Four, I think we're going to have a very easy time believing that they were here in this universe this whole time because they did stuff like that in this movie, you know? It's like, oh, yeah, we were there during the invasion. You know, we were helping. It's just, you know, we weren't one of the main people involved. So, so anyway, my second point, the time travel was a lot of fun. My third point, I think this movie does a really beautiful job of, of like, giving you a hint of stories that happened in between, like, sections. At one point, they go back to the 70s to grab the... Uh, space stone what's that one called the tesseract yeah and he meets up with his dad so this is tony stark tony stark meets up with his dad and they have this tender moment and like to me that played off exactly as you expected but then tony uh howard stark uh you know leaving tony he goes over to his car and there is a butler holding the door open and it's jarvis and he's like thanks jarvis and stuff like that and it's like i instantly had this story just play out in my head that, you know, Tony Stark, you know, this rich little boy, mostly nannied or taken care of by his butler Jarvis, has this connection with Jarvis, right? And, like, eventually he grows up and Jarvis grows older and dies. And Tony, you know, to kind of replace that void, makes this computer program of Jarvis. And, you know, that Jarvis computer program is what you get for the first uh, three Iron Man movies. Yep. And the first Avengers. Um uh, and it's like that's a really beautiful like story that I was able to create in my head. Like they gave you enough details for you to put these stories together in your head. And I think that was really beautiful. I think Ned's reaction to seeing Peter at the end of the movie, you know, now it's kind of ruined that it's still in high school. But it was him like in this cool shock and disbelief that Peter's back. Right. And he was just so happy to see him. And they're just kind of doing this handshake thing that they were doing. It's just a really beautiful story that you see in their faces, you know, um, and that you only get that, you know, by watching the movie and having that vague reaction. And then the last thing is obviously Captain America 
after those 80 plus years of him living his life. And it's like, I really, I know Chris Evans really doesn't want to come back as Captain America, but I would like to see a Disney plus series of what he was doing in that, in the rest of time during the rest of the MCU universe and just him living his life with Peggy. You know, it'd probably be a really boring movie. If anything, it should be like a five minute short or something like that. But it's like this really beautiful story that I kind of want to see. So I think this movie more than any other movie like set my imagination on fire like at least for those three moments i'm i know there was more in there i can't exactly think of them at the moment but it's like there's these there's like these movies that exist outside of the movies that that we're watching right now and like they're really interesting stuff and you see it played out just from the actors and how they're acting uh towards each other you know that's that's what I like about this movie. Those are the things I really like about this movie. So nice, those yeah. are good ones. <clears throat> and like you hit on other things. Um, if we're going on to the bad, shall we? Uh, indeed, we shall. All right. This is the bads. <laughs> All right. So I want to start off the bads with the story. Yeah. Now, after we finish this movie for the first time, it's me, Charlotte, Ethan, Will. So it's us four. We go see this movie and we have the discussion as we always do. You know, I try to read the room before, you know, I start talking about the stuff that I want to talk about. Charlotte had a very emotional attachment to this movie. Now, I'm not saying that I didn't cry through this movie, but I did not, like, sniffle, huff and puff, and sob like Charlotte did throughout this movie. Oh, man. Especially I, I the got, ending. So I gotta I, be honest, I didn't shed a tear. You didn't shed a tear? I oh, my God. I, would, I don't know even how I, was... I Even I got teary-eyed for the John Favreau stuff. How did you not? I... I don't know how I did it. I think I was just like riding this weird emotional high where I was so happy this movie. I enjoyed this movie that I was just like, it elevated me above like what was intensely <laughs> sad. Like, cause there were some really sad things. And like looking back, it's like, why didn't I tear up? Like, this is the time, like the guy who was like just bawling at like Toy Story 3. I'm like, I like, I like, I'd like teared up before I have like motivational scenes in the, in the Jungle Book movie. So, how did I not cry when Tony Stark died? I have no idea. However, <laughs> I, I am, I did not, but I can totally understand how you could. Yeah. And I wish, and I kind of wish I had. Emotionally, I was pretty crushed though. Like, so yeah, yeah. I, I understand. So, I had to read the room. And, like, Charlotte had this very strong emotional connection, so I didn't try to, like, poop on the movie right away when talking about this movie. Uh, Usually, I kind of want to, like, you know, deflate it a little bit beforehand. But, like, I brought up, you know, we have this discussion. It goes kind of naturally. I bring up these certain things, and she gets mad at me about it. And it's just like... Like, I'm sorry. I'm just saying as I feel like I, this is my opinion. And then she goes back with just like, your opinions are dumb. And it's like, you know, okay. Mm. Like whatever, whatever you want to say, like, I don't, I don't want to like, you know, obviously you had a really great experience with this movie. I'm not here to ruin it. Uh, even though I shed a tear 
I am on your boat, Potabomb, where I'm just like, yeah, th- that was a movie. You know, well, th- sorry. Yeah. That is not what your reaction. You said you were very happy. I wasn't really was one way or another. I wasn't one way or another, really. But uh, I wouldn't get mad at someone for having, you know, criticizing yeah. a movie of like something that they didn't enjoy as much. Because guess what? We don't all enjoy movies the same amount. Yeah. It's just the way life works. You don't, you don't, you don't want it to be that way too. Like, no, I don't. You want this to be, if you want this to be a piece of art, then people are going to have different emotional connections and stuff like that. So you may think of me being super pretentious and maybe unfair to these movies. And like, maybe, you know, I, I, I don't give them enough credit or whatever you may think. And that goes for any viewer that listens to me. I know, um, you know, I don't think we have exactly an active audience, but we definitely have some people that have listened to every episode. And if you're frustrated with how I talk about these things, I just want you all to know that Akila Galusha, I went to Lamoni to watch this with him. So we met up at Graceland University in Lamoni. They had the movie an opening weekend, so I went to go see it there to support the, the independent Coliseum Theater. You know, it gets to the point where they've already done the snap. They've already fought Thanos for a little bit. This is at the end of the movie. And finally, um, the circle comes out and Black Panther comes out and all these other characters come out. And Akila goes over to me and he's like, I got to bail for a second or whatever. And he gets up and leaves. I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know, he's probably got a phone call. He's probably got something, something. And so, you know, the ending fight scene goes by you know that's whatever it's just the fight scene it's a great fight scene but you don't have to see it to really get the satisfying stuff at the end end so that goes by iron man dies he's still not back i'm just like well that kind of sucks but if he gets the funeral he gets the idea that the iron man died the funeral goes by he's not back everything goes by the movie ends he never came back I was thinking, like, maybe he had a really bad case of diarrhea. Uh, maybe his mom called him up and there was, like, a huge emergency. I, I, like, I was going through a bunch of scenarios. And I was like, I hope he's okay. And eventually I find, you know, I talked to a couple other people that were at the theater. I was there, you know, talking to them for, like, a half hour or whatever. And then I go over to the parking lot and there's Akilah's car. And he's there waiting. And I'm just like, hey, man, what's what happened? And he's like, oh, like, I'm trying to think about it, too. I'm just like, what do you mean? He's just like, oh, like, I got really angry at this movie. And I got <laughs> up and left. Akila Galusha, the musician for our podcast, walked out of the theater because he was so angry at this movie. Wow. His emotions were really, he was very disappointed with this film. So I just want to tell Charlotte. Anybody else that maybe, you know, think that I'm pretentious or whatever for not liking these movies, I just want you to all to know that I never once thought about walking out of an MCU film. Not even Thor Ragnarok. But everything he said, I thought was completely valid. Uh, and at the end of the day, I'm sorry if you're listening to this and you had this really great emotional experience. As I said from the beginning of this podcast, I'm a filmmaker too at first. I do not want to be a reviewer. I do not want to be a critic. Like, I'm not here to poop on things that people like. So when I say these things, just know that it's coming from good faith and and just know that whatever I say, has, <laughs> I did not have a, as strong of a reaction as Akila Galusha who walked out of the movie. 
Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's that's wow, that's intense. But you know what? That's that's his right to do it. So it's, I've it's told it, I, I I asked his permission to tell that story, so I told it. Uh, his main criticism is that this is a huge step down from Infinity War, and I absolutely agree with that. That was kind of like the big deflation of once they started talking time travel and stuff like that is like oh this is not the same movie this is not does not feel like the same thing i know these people filmed this movie the same time as infinity war but like it just is just like oh man that's not one of my points but i very much agree with akila's sentiment that this was a huge step down from infinity war and that is that is a big disappointment for me so this is my first point. The pacing and structure of this movie is not great. No. Uh, it's way too long for its own good. It's way too self-indulgent for its own good. And that first act is very, you know, it's it's very essential on your first viewing. The first, I timed it the last time I watched this movie. It was an hour and 10 minutes of setting stuff up, tying up some loose ends, and then the time travel. So the time travel... Really? An hour until the time travel happens? Not an hour. An hour and ten minutes. Wow. Before the time travel happens, yes. Uh, I, to be fair, the first act is like explaining what they're going to do in the second act. You know, They're explaining and talking about time travel, and they're doing a little bit of time travel. Hawkeye goes to his house for a little bit you know, before they do the actual time travel later. But like the second act of this movie, where all the fun stuff happens does not happen until an hour and 10 minutes into the picture. That's atrocious. Um, The second viewing of this movie was hell for me, watching that first hour and 10 minutes. Again, I was totally fine once we got to um, the time travel stuff, once we got to the second act. But that first act, I was like, there's so many better ways they could have condensed the information they're putting out on the screen right now. I understand you have a lot of characters just to balance and stuff like that. Uh, and like everybody needs their fair share of the screen time. I'm sure like they're contractually ob- obligated to make sure everybody has the same amount or something like that. But it, it's, it's too long. It's, it's just too long. There's no way to, around that. And then some people might be responding. Well, your story about Aquila was too long. Well, you're not wrong. So I guess, you know, whatever. <laughs> And so, like, my last viewing, I was just like, what scenes would I cut? I can't exactly tell you, but I think it definitely can be condensed somehow, you know? So, first act of this movie is way too long for its own good. It starts off great. Hawkeye's family dying? Like, other than Dear Mr. Fantasy playing right after his family dies, that was a weird choice. Other than that, like, um, Iron Man hanging out with Nebula on the ship and them killing thanos right away that was a really strong way to open the movie that's just like what like how where's this movie gonna go now you know but like yeah everything else the explanations the planning for the heist all that just doesn't work for me and so my second point i guess goes along right with that so they take a long time planning this movie and explain the rules and then they go out like breaking almost every rule that they talk about in the movie how so? Um, first thing they say a couple times in the movie that you can't change the past. Uh, that's not how right. time travel works. You can't change the past. But, like, then I have a hard time understanding what they're doing then. Like, that was my first question. Is like, if you can't change the past, then what are you doing right now? I understand right. that they're coming back 
to the point, uh, the five years later, and and fixing all that's wrong with the world. I just don't mm-hmm. understand how a lot of the what a lot of the things they did. I don't know. I don't understand how that doesn't change things still. So, um, you have does. Loki. You have Loki who takes the Tesseract right after the first Avengers. You have Nebula and all of the team Thanos comes back to the future and has that fight. And, you know, you're just going to put them back and be back to normal. And then, um, Cap left. Cap, like, lived the rest of his life. Yeah, Cap left the rest of his life there and stuff like that. So I don't understand how these things don't change the past. Uh, the only real thing, so I paid attention very closely this third time because I thought for sure if you took a person or a thing out of the timeline that creates the fracture, unless you put it back, so like yes. I don't, I would have a very easy time understanding. Like, there's no reason why anybody needs to exposit this. I can just have my own head cannon that when Tony Stark did the snap, he sent Thanos back to the past rather than killing him or something like that. I can dig that, except. For the other things, you know, uh, the yeah. other things that I already listed. And so, um, so the ancient one from Dr. Strange, you know, when she's talking to Bruce Banner in 2012 explains that it's not so much like any person or anything. It's the infinity stones. They're so important that structure of reality is gone if they're not around type thing if they're not in their time and in, in, in the correct timeline so when you take one out it strays off into an alternate timeline and then bruce banner argues back it's like well if we put it back in right back to where you know, we left it then there's no stray in the timeline and she's okay with that logic she's just like you guys have to make sure you come back though one thanos destroyed the stones that's why yep. they're in this predicament in the first place so why is time and reality not destroyed when he did that in the first place Two, again it's just like there's so much other things that change and things that aren't in the timeline anymore that is just like how does it not change nebula kills her past self how does the future nebula not disintegrate after that i think i can answer your two points um one uh this the infinity stones are not necessarily those things themselves right um so and i would have i would have an easy time believing that if if the ancient one didn't describe it like that though you know i think it's just less of like that one particular object and more of like the example of okay so if you remove the time stone from that timeline then dr strange can't use it to fight what dramamu or whatever that demon monster is later um, which would then, it's le- which would then kind of like, I guess for lack of a better term, damn her reality. She's uh-huh. like, cool, now you took our greatest weapon. So I don't think it was necessarily like only the time stones are the things that like can change about time. It's uh, things can change about time, theoretically, but these are like the big points. Like there's little minutia things that like, you know, the butterfly effect isn't necessarily like that intense. Not, it's not like, you know, if you step in the wrong direction, everything changes like, uh-huh. But those things are so big that, like, those are going to have huge ramifications that they leave. Right, right, Like, right. that sort of thing. Um, and then, two, because of that, that uh, there is now four separate alternate universes that have now exist that we know of in this 
timeline because four things four three things got messed up and a fourth one was our normal one so the first one's our normal one uh-huh. second one is cap exists in the 40s still totally think he just like rolled up and said hey th- these people are shield you should totally get them and that's all he did as captain america or anything like that these um, people are hydra these people are hydra just go <laughs> you go like you go arrest them uh, right. the shield's gonna be way better with that um so that's two three is loki disappeared with the tesseract and now is gonna cause more problems and four is that thanos and his crew in 2014 disappeared from the timeline and never came back thus spare thus ironically sparing everybody everything in existence from having to deal with him uh-huh. so in one in one alternate universe he is not inevitable he just disappears right which is great um so that's it was not explained super well but there's if if at all really and i don't need this to explain itself even if like everything was completely explained and well it's just still like it's still very problematic that they took the time to explain it yet it doesn't feel like it was explained at all you know yeah i think they're trying super hard to not have it become a reoccurring thing of where people are like, well, why didn't you just time travel back? So yeah. they couldn't do the back to the future rules. Cause then you could change time. I think they were very adamant of this is literally the only time time travel will be like relevant or useful in any of the Marvel movies. Cause you cannot go back and change the past. And I think, I think all the excuses you gave were right. I'm just saying that it just it still doesn't help the movie. It's not like, oh, with that information I finally cracked the code. Oh the no, movie. it totally I think the movie help. I think the movie is, is is as dumb as it looks on the surface and they intentionally want that because again, the emotional stuff is more important than the plot stuff. Um yeah. And that's exactly. absolutely what they're going for and that's fine and all except that they bothered to explain the rules in the first place. You know, that's I think that's my big problem. So, and then my third thing, um, I was having a really hard time tracking down what the themes of this movie was. I was like, there's nothing in this movie that ties everything together. Uh, so Mark Bernardin from Fat Man on Batman, sorry, Fat Man Beyond, breaks it down as this is a story that's about having a second chance or uh, going back and meeting with the loved ones that have passed on before. So Thor meets with his mom. Uh, Iron Man meets with his dad. Uh, Captain America gets to live with Peggy. Um, I'm sure there's other examples. And I don't know. It just, to me, that's more or less just stuff that happened. More so than a theme that ties the whole plot together, right? To me, this movie is about righting your mistakes. Or about having the second chance to do what is right, you know? Um, like if you would fix, you know, this huge problem that happened within your universe, would you do that? And, you know, what were the precautions that, that happened with that? Except they're not changing the past. They're just improving their future, which is okay. That's nice. You know, you're, you're, you're doing a thing where everything still counts. And, you know, these people did die for five years and they're back. They're playing the cards where they lie and are improving their future rather than changing the past. So I can dig it. I just feel like the main character of this movie 
which, believe it or not, is back to being Tony Stark. I just feel like he goes about all of these themes in probably the most selfish way possible. Now, at the end of the movie, he gives his life for the world. But everything up until that is still just kind of a big selfish ride of, like, oh, look at me, I'm still right all the time. And that's very much Tony's character. I just wish that he got a little bit of a comeuppance at least once before he died, you know? So, for instance, they go up to him about this time travel idea, and he completely blows them off, saying that it's stupid, saying that it can't be done, saying that we can't save the world by going back in time. But really, he doesn't want to do it because he doesn't want to lose his daughter. At least that's how I read the scene. Mm-hmm. Which You're is right. which is decently noble, <clears throat> but he thinks about what these people did, and he goes back and works on the time machine and fix up whatever hiccups uh, they do, right? Like, they were explaining it to him one way, he said it wouldn't work, and then he goes into the lab for five minutes and, and figures out how it can work, right? Yeah. And then when he comes back, it's just this big moment of a huge I told you so. And that just really irks me because it's like you didn't tell him so. You told him it wasn't possible at all, you know, and you didn't want to do it. And then all of a sudden you figured out how to do it. And all of a sudden becomes kind of your idea type thing. I know that's not exactly right. Uh, It's not a big like big like, oh, look, I'm in on it now because I figured it out. No, no, it is exactly that. It's it's like, you know. I was able to figure it out so we're, we can do this now type thing. And yeah, it's just like, I wish there was an apology. I wish he went up to Cap. And maybe that's what that whole him giving the shield thing was all about. Like, that was him apologizing without actually saying it, you know? But I, th- I, th- I feel like he could so. have done that to, like, with the whole group. He needed to have a little bit more humility in order for these themes to work in my, in my brain. Um, so, uh, to reiterate, cause I know I kind of went on a tangent there to reiterate, I think the themes would be stronger if Tony Stark showed off a little more humility. And I know he was already like a human character that did these really great, um, he performed this great sacrifice, but it could still be better. And it just, it just irks me that he doesn't ever apologize at least not with his words, you know? Yeah, I, I think that's not Tony Stark's way, but it would have been nicer. Yeah, I mean, it was, I guess. On the other hand, Tony Stark's always kind of been an abrasive dick, so, like... I get it, but if, this is his last movie, and it's like, you know, it's finally time for him to finally 100% mature up, you know? Yeah, yeah, agreed. I can agree with that. So... That those are kind of my big problems that kind of took me out of the movie. And the last one, I actually didn't really realize until the third time. It's just like, oh, like, I kind of don't like how Tony Stark handles this whole situation. Uh, and it's very much in character. But with this being the last movie, it just could have turned out a little better. And I think it would help the themes of the movie. Those are those are my three bads. Uh, the plot structure and like rule breaking were the two big ones. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. So my three bads, um, 
I think, yeah, I think you kind of, you touched on this better than I could, but time travel is so tricky to do, Mm -hmm. and as much fun as the idea is, it's just, it's so hard to execute, and I appreciate it for the emotional part, and there's plot holes and lot, like plot lot, like plot holes and logic things that don't make sense, but at the end of the day, it's about time traveling and, you know, just getting back these MacGuffins. It's just a way to get MacGuffins back while also letting these characters have a final arc and goodbyes and, right. you know, learning more about themselves through the people that they necessarily couldn't talk to now, especially once half the human population is gone. Um, so that was nice. However, yeah, that leaves a lot of, like, unanswered questions. Like, yeah, now there's theoretically four alternate timelines and, like, how did you do all of this? And, like... Is really the Ant-Man MacGuffin thing, like, going to be a problem now? It's, it just opens up a can of worms, and I'm hoping that they just never open up ever again. Yeah, and just be I, like, I agree. Is... I think they should completely ignore them. Yeah, the and just be like, and I think they kind of did that, too, is, like, time travel can't be used to fix the past. So the only reason they did it was to get those magic MacGuffin stones back. Right. And now that those are back, like, they can't undo people dying or anything like that it's just it's done so right that they're, part is they're nice. righted one mega wrong and then after that they're done yep and yeah like the only like even the one mega wrong the only one they could write which was bringing those people back because they weren't dead dead they were just like to to steal from princess bride they only partially dead right they're not dead dead yeah that's the that's the problem with time travel so that's my first one as much as i enjoy the nostalgic of it I wish they had done a little things maybe a little bit differently, but I'm not going to complain too much. Um, number two, this movie, oh boy. If we thought Infinity War was hard to like watch the first time, this has got to be so utterly confusing. Like, uh-huh. oh man, so many characters that were not, and this is like the idea, I think this is like a direct sequel to Infinity War, which would be the most logical thing, uh, seeing as there were no movies technically chronologically in between this one in the last movie that could have like except changed for post credits except for post credits but like those post credits pretty much did nothing to change anything that happened um so it's just kind of like it's just well there's so many characters like characters from thor ragnarok and ant-man shows up like if you've never seen an avengers movie before you have no idea who, who ant-man is right. like it's just <laughs> It's just such a bizarre moment of like, okay, well, Ant-Man's here. And so and like, here's a dude that just came out of a van, I guess. Yeah. And him. like, you don't know why the van is. Cause that's a postcard from a movie that you didn't necessarily watch that much. And right. like, and then there's this happening. And then like, you know, people from Thor Ragnarok show up and like all these other characters just exist. Like Captain Marvel just exists. It's like, uh, okay, I guess. She's a thing, and she gets, like, this big triumph moment where she almost beats up Thanos and destroys his entire ship. I was like, I, I guess, that's cool, but who are you again? Like, <laughs> I don't know who you are. So, um, I think, I realize that this many people, and this lay in the game, and this is not the game, this is not the movie for the people who don't know who these people are, but at the same time, that just makes a cast even more unwieldy of just who these who these random people are, and uh, it takes away from the core characters while also having each of them have to get their own little victories now too. And it's just like, but I it's it's just a lot to manage, and it's going to only hopefully hopefully it doesn't get any worse than this. But you know that's a lot. <laughs> 
That's a lot of characters that just like randomly show up and then just don't really do anything. Uh, okay, I think that was it. Um, and then number three. Let's see here now. Um, uh, what was I trying to think? Um, you kind of touched this on this earlier too, but the movie's kind of scattered brained. It's it's really bizarre because. This is structured like such an odd movie yeah. that it's almost not a movie. It is a final, it's like the final episode of a TV series. Yes. And it's not only not standalone in any way, shape, or form, it is like the series finale of a long-running TV show where if you do not know who all these people are, then like, yeah, that's your fault. Um, and it's really hard to try and judge it independently as a movie because if you did that as its own separate movie, even more than Infinity War, it would not hold up at all. A hundred percent agree. And in Infinity, Infinity War, War, oh sorry, go on. Yeah, Infinity War um, at least had Thanos as like a main character that like the story as yeah he was honestly he was the protagonist and all these other characters existed and you knew them from beforehand but honestly the uh he was the protagonist of the movie and like that gave you a through line of who to follow and all that stuff like if you didn't know anything else about it and nobody told you and like you just like just like basic thought process he would have been the protagonist and all the avengers would have been antagonists of infinity war right um which is brilliant so this one doesn't have that through character and doesn't have that through line that would help you anchor you if you didn't know what was happening. So this is not, <laughs> this it's, This is weird to say, but this is not really a movie at all. This is, again. Thank you, yes. <laughs> a two, this is a three hour long season finale of a long running TV show that's in a movie form. That's what it is. So I'm glad. I'm glad we agree on that front. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like I said. I like this movie. It's it's a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I had a blast with it. But if you're trying like, it's real hard to review. I can feel bad for so many of the reviewers on this because not only is it even basic plot synopsis a spoiler alert, but this is just it's such a structurally weird movie, and it's not really a movie almost. So that's. And I guess I just wish it was a little bit more cohesively its own thing. But I realize why it wasn't. Um, like, to me, that's part of the reason why this is such a big step down to Infinity War uh, and the first Avengers. If you go back to that episode, I talk about uh, transitions and how this that movie was structured like an essay. Uh, one character from one scene says this line, and then when we immediately go to a next scene that involves a different character, but involves what they were just talking about. And it's like this really incredibly paced and structured movie that that it just goes by super fast and, and super, you know, smooth. It's a smooth movie. Um, and that's not this movie. It's just like, okay, well, we need these essentials, so we'll just do this, that, and the other thing. And... Infinity War kind of has that same problem where they just go from one scene to the next and not really have a transition that that smooths out everything that goes on. But at least it's like better paced than this movie. Uh, yeah, I I did. I, yeah, I like that more. Like, I appreciate a little more. If you had to just take it as a movie, not any of the moments, yeah, not yeah. any of the feelings, anything else like that, Infinity War is a much better 
better movie. Because, again, this one's not really a movie. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> but at the same time, what its main goals are were to be this highly emotional experience, and it absolutely nails that experience. I will say this, though. This completely exceeded all my expectations. Yeah, you were super <laughs> downer about it. Like, so for audience, for like, who has, every time I've ever mentioned this, Kirk has just been like, absolutely just like, this is going to be terrible. I'm like, I think it's going to be good. And like, no, you're just, you're just like, no, every, every single trailer you're like, yep, this is proving my point. This is going to be awful. I was like, are you serious? Like, I don't understand how you're like, I wasn't getting as hyped as a lot of people are for like every single trailer, but like. Man, you are the not The trailer into showed it. absolutely nothing, and the trailer because it had to do... show absolutely nothing. I get that. Like, I understand that they're really tight lip about this movie, but I didn't see a single thing where I was stoked. You know, I just needed like one image. You know why I was so excited about Mortal Kombat Eleven? They had this one. Why? They had this one image of Raiden standing there, and he's like completely backlit, like. Like, it's just this one pose that is just like, oh, this is going to be super cinematic. It's just like that whole, like, first, like, two minutes of the thing is just like, oh, this is... It tells absolutely nothing about what's going to happen in the game. It doesn't spoil anything. But it's just that one pose that really does it. And nothing in this in those trailers, like, looked appealing to me. Especially all the Avengers lined up with what we now know are the Ant-Man suits. But I think everybody assumed they were spacesuits. But they were all yeah. uniformed and the same color. And it's like, did you learn anything from the X-Men movies? People hate those movies because the characters don't get to shine in the design because everybody's uniform. Nobody wants to see uniform in the superheroes, you know? Yeah. Um, let us go on to the rating. Uh, for anybody at home, this is the first episode. We have a five-star rating. Five stars means you love it. It is absolutely one of your favorites. Four stars means you really like it. Three stars means you like it okay. Uh, two stars means you really don't like it. And then one star means you hate it. So I am going to go first this time uh, just to rip this Band-Aid off. Ladies and gentlemen, I give it a 3.5. I thought it was good. That's what I was expecting. Yeah, it was yep. pretty good. I, it was, it was, yeah. yeah. Uh, and for people who want to know, like, where that is for me. So a 3.5 means, like, it's a good, fun time, but it's not, like, a great cinema. It's not one of my favorites that I'll watch uh, continuously. Uh, I have rated Civil War as a 3.5. I think that's just a fun bash of a movie that's not the greatest of all time, but, you know, whatever. Um, I'm trying to think of like real life movies that aren't exactly the MCU that I probably rate the same way. Um, like Aquaman, Aquaman, I give a 3.5, like a 3.25. It's around that range. Uh, you know, I, I feel, I don't know. It's just, it's just a feeling. It's just, you know, it's around pretty good. I think it's all right. 3.5. That's solid. It may have been slightly disappointing in comparison to Infinity War, but it exceeded my expectations from the trailer. So, you know, there you go. That's a win. Yeah. That's a win right there. Exactly. So, um, that is, that is how I felt about the movie and that's the rating. Again, I wouldn't see this movie again, but I'm going to see it tomorrow. So, you know, so you'll have seen it four times and I'll have only seen it twice. So who's the bigger MCU fan, Kirk? Yeah. Who is it? Yeah. 
Um, you decide. I'm sure I'll probably, you decide. I, believers. I might watch this again in like a couple, like a month or two or something like yeah. that. A little down the line. Once it's, it's like, definitely going to be around. Yeah. Oh God, man. It's going to be around so long. Um, uh, I, I despite my faults and even saying this is not a movie. Um, I am the person who got hooked on all the nostalgic high points and big emotional moments. So, uh, yeah, you didn't cry. Means, so again, who's the biggest MCU fan? Surprisingly did not cry. <laughs> um, I don't know how, cause Tony Stark's death came out of nowhere for me. Like I was not expecting. Oh to yeah, that's right. I forgot. I needed to give you the biggest. I told you so. Uh, ever. Yeah, you. Yeah, you did. Because I, I for the longest time was like, no, Tony Stark's not gonna die. That's there's no way Cap would die. Like, Cap would die of everybody. The lovely old it slip flops. Yep. So and yep, and Kirk, basically exactly how I kind of would have figured. Yeah. Yeah, Kirk. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. You, you win. Yep. All right. Yeah, good, uh, anyways, yes. Go on. So um. Because of all the nostalgic high points, I give it a 4.25. Okay. Uh, solid 4.25. Um, it's not the best of the MCU movies. It's got some of my favorite moments of the MCU movies, yeah, but it's sure. not the best, if that makes sense. Yeah, I get um, it. So, but it's still, I appreciate it. I still like it. That's how the cookie crumbles. I Before we go, like I want to touch briefly on the future of the MCU. For sure, we're getting Spider-Man. For sure, yep. Black Widow. For sure, Black Panther. I think, yep. I, we talked about it earlier, I think Black Widow is a mistake. But I think, all in all, like an, an idea of that they continue just solo movies for a while is a very good idea. Yeah. Uh, I think having it play low-key, I would say for five to like ten years... Uh, that might seem like a long time for people, but I think we're all going to be satisfied with the solo movies anyways. So, like, nobody's going to yeah. be really digging for those event movies. But I don't think there should be an Avengers or a team-up team up movie of any kind for at least five, seven years. Yeah, or where, like, where you get a bunch of characters together. Like, maybe, like, they can cross-pollinate each other a little bit, but... Um... Like, just not not to this level. Yeah. I'm okay with that, too. Yep. Uh, so, I think I'm very excited to see, you know, Spider-Man is the movie that I've been wanting to see for a long time. Uh, just for the fact that they're getting Mysterio in there, who is my favorite Spider-Man villain of all time. I'm obviously going to be excited for anything Ryan Coogler does. I think he's one of the best filmmakers of our generation right now. And Black Widow is going to be interesting, but I still think that's a mistake. Slightly. We also have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume oh, Three duh, and of Doctor course. Strange. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Guardians of the Galaxy. No uh, Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah, I can take your leave on Doctor Strange. Like, eh. The only problem I have with it is it's going to be the same director as the first movie. So maybe he'll like with the origin story out of the way have like a really good story to tell. I don't know. Uh, we'll find out. I hope he does. I'm not. I legit do not want these movies to fail every time I go into them. It's just, that's just how it happens for me. Again, I'm sorry. <laughs> As well you should be. How dare you? How dare you? Um, how dare you, you pretentious prick? Like, you're the worst human being ever. 3.5 for this movie? Yes. How dare you? Yes, yes, yes. 3.5, you monster. Yes, but Punk I did not walk out of the movie theater. No, you did not. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is probably going to be the last episode 
of the Marvelous Morons for at least a good while. Uh, it's been a great ride. It's been a fun yeah, time. Yeah, uh, we're not done yet, though, because we still have the post-credits. Yes, we have a little something for you in the post-credits. Uh, not this post-credits. You'll find out. That's the title of the next episode is the post-credits scene. Not, not. Please don't hang around after this one. There's not going to be anything here except for, like, the audio janitors trying to clean up. Just leave. It's Ooh, fine. Let them do their job. I don't know. Maybe we will do something like that. It's just it's just Kirk talking about Mortal Kombat for 30 minutes. I'm sorry. It's like two hours. I'll tell you what, man. That Ronda Rousey, it was just a bad move. <laughs> it was just a bad Okay. Ronda Rousey is always a bad move. Like, let's just be honest. Like, honest, it always is. It's just, I don't get what her appeal was, but whatever. Ladies and gentlemen, just like the movie and the MCU, this is a big transitional period. Uh, I'm excited to see what's new with the MCU, but I'm also excited to see what's going to be new for this podcast. And I promise you, people, we have some cool things coming up. Yeah, uh, we do. But for now, yeah. we'll do a uh, we're going to do one last episode that's going to be about the series as a whole. And I can't wait to see you there uh, next week. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, that's fair. All right. That was very good. So until we get to there, uh, I've been Kirk Peterson. And I am still Alex Popcorn. And we'll see you next time for this is not quite the end game, but the beginning game. Deep. This has been Potts v. Pete's. That's when you say the marvelous morons. (laughs) I didn't know if I I forgot if I said it at the very end. (laughs) Never. This has been Potts v. Pete's. The marvelous morons. We'll see you next time, folks. Excelsior. (laughs) It's been too long since I did podcasts. I don't remember what I do anymore. talk about that yeah it is time it is time to die oh man die hard I, no that was a that was mortal combat i'm fucking, i want to talk about that too man oh man that was so i was good. gonna say since it's becoming i keep seeing advertisements i'm like how bad is kirkman jonesing out on some fucking mortal combat it's, it's great it's a fun time now like it totally had it totally has a lot of things that people are shitting on it for that definitely deserve to be shit on for. You had to grind like three hours to to get enough money to buy stuff. I think that it's you more want. than like there was a like it, it was like mathematically impossible to get certain things like without paying a microtransaction. I think that's what a lot. Of that's people... that's actually not true. That's that's the even like crazier thing. There you can't purchase money. You can't purchase the in-game currency with real-life money. You can buy things that they might sell, but they don't sell everything off of those. So the shit 
you're looking for is never going to be like in a microtransaction. So that was very irksome. That's just like you're, you know, one of the rarest items are hearts. And you're like, you're giving me a single heart every time I do a fatality. It's like, are you f***ing kidding me? Like, that wouldn't be a problem if the chests were, like, 50 hearts or whatever. Yeah. But the chests are chests were 250 each. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's impossible to do any of them. Like, yeah. And, um, um, so they, they debuffed those. They raised up winnings. Uh, I don't think they lowered prices, but they, they, they give you, I get, like, eight, like, every match now of the rare stuff so it's not the best but it was better than it was so um but that doesn't matter to me as much it, it just, it's just a fun fucking time so well, that's uh, good and the story mode you know other than ronda ronda rousey is pretty is pretty excellent and i might actually get into that in our discussions because oddly enough they have a lot of similarities with each other uh and i did not <laughs> expect that watching this movie being like oh this is the plot to Mortal Kombat 11. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> I, I might talk about it. I might not. We'll we'll find out. All right. Uh, I say uh, we should probably get going pretty soon, yeah? Yep. I'd say we definitely need to get going here. 